0: We'll be back in the book of Luke chapter 12, continuing where we left off last week. Now last week, you were met with uh, a challenge from your pastor to set some goals for 2020. But before you set those goals, what were we supposed to do? Okay, that's what we're going to review, okay? Okay. What we decided and what we're going to do is before we set our goals, we need to make sure that we're setting our goals based on godly priorities. We want to make sure our priorities are in the right place. They're in the direction that God would have us to go. And whenever we sit down and we make a plan for the year to, to make 2020 better than it was 2019, we need to make sure that the priority of that, um, of that increase of whatever it is is a godly standard. It is a godly priority in our lives to grow in strength, to grow in our minds, grow in our bodies, and to grow in our spirit to honor and glorify the God who has saved us through his son Jesus Christ. And I continue to challenge you to, to write those goals down and commit to those. Tell everybody about the goals that you have to gain that accountability to, um, to drive forward to, that, to accomplish those things that you set out to do that are based On godly priorities. So, but in setting these goals, last week we we laid out what Jesus laid out to the people to whom he was speaking in um, Luke chapter twelve. He gave them a warning against covetousness, and covetousness is that desire, that wrongful desire for wealth and the riches of the things of this world, to covet things that are not yours, that don't belong to you, the things that God has not blessed you with, and to wrongfully desire those things above and beyond everything else. More specifically, above what God's riches are for you. And what we saw there in setting these goals, we we took the warning of covetousness. And the warning should be, it's because whenever you sit down and you write the things that you want to accomplish, or maybe the things that you want to gain in the future that exposes your heart, that exposes the desires of your heart, that exposes what are the principal things in your life, that exposes your priorities. So when we are writing our goals down, if we write our goals down and we don't see that in, how, how these things can honor and glorify God above actually going and striving for these goals, then we may want to check our priorities. But covetousness is one of those things that's grounded in a misunderstanding that that life is about the abundance of things that someone possesses. And Jesus was very clear. Whenever this man came out of the crowd and he, and he, told, and he actually told Jesus, Jesus, tell my brother to split the inheritance with me. Split his inheritance, the thing that right, rightfully belongs to him, tell him to give me some of that. And then Jesus took a very, very good opportunity to um, give us an object lesson on covetousness. Because the words that came out of Jesus' mouth were, take heed, folks. Look what just happened. Look what this young man just said. Take heed and beware of covetousness. He called him out in front of God and everybody and said, now we're going to have an object lesson based on this guy's behavior. Take heed and beware of covetousness. And what he said here is that one's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that someone possesses. Life is so much more than that. And Jesus goes on, to, goes on further in telling this parable about the rich sower. This rich sower, this wealthy man became very, very wealthy, and he stored up treasures for himself. He stored things for himself, and then whenever he got, got to the point where he could just eat, drink, and be merry, he was satisfied, and then God come to him and said, you are a fool, Because tonight I'm going to require your soul. And who's going to own all of your possessions then? Everything that this man had built, everything that this man had worked for was to build himself a kingdom in this world. And when it came time that God required his soul, it was completely and totally worthless to him. So things, so life is so much more than the things that we can acquire in this world. The Lord called him, this man, a fool. And if we do find ourselves in a place where we live as though this life is all that there is, I'm not saying that you believe that this life is all that there is, but if we are living our lives as if this is all that there is, and we live just for ourselves and as though there is no afterlife, then we must fall in line with what God has called a fool. That is a foolish way for us to live, because this is not all that there is. You know, how many of us may may live to be 70, 75, 80? Maybe we may even make it to 100. But when we step off into an eternity, we've got billions upon billions upon billions upon billions upon billions of years. Which is more important? Yeah, how you spend eternity and what you will have in eternity. What's a better investment, investing in things of this world or things in heaven where you will spend eternity, where those investments will play out forever and ever and ever. So it's a matter of perspective and priorities here is that we don't live for this life alone. And Jesus goes on to give us the the, um, definition again in verse 21. He said, and so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. He's very, pl- very plainly explaining here that God's riches are far more valuable and that we should focus on God's riches above the riches in this world. Goals with godly priorities help us to battle covetousness. It helps keep us focused in keeping the main thing the main thing. So we want to keep the main thing the main thing, which is the title of our message this morning. It's about keeping what is right and good at the forefront. It's about not allowing the important to become unimportant. It's it's about not allowing the unimportant to become important. It's about keeping the main thing the main thing. You know, last week's message expressed the truth that we are not to live our lives for this world only. And today's message is going to express the truth of why we shouldn't live for this world only and the fact that we really don't have to. There is no need to. And considering the truth of what of the message, of far as keeping the main thing the main thing, there's another verse that you can consider. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, it says, Pay careful attention to how you live, not as unwise people or foolish people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Yes, there is a wise way to live our lives, and there is a foolish way to live our lives. And Jesus explains to us the life that we are all to live. It's a life that keeps the main thing the main thing. It's, it keeps our focus on what is the important things in this life, because what we do in this life in turn affects what happens in the next life and how we are rewarded in the next life. So in keeping the main thing, the main thing, starting in verse 22, we're going to read through verses 34 and then we're going to come back and go through it very slowly because there's a lot to unpack here. In verse 22, now after the conversation of the the man coming out of the crowd and saying, you tell my brother to split his inheritance, and then he gave an illustration on covetousness, and then he gave this parable. In verse 22, now he says to his disciples, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn. God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worry, can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, then why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And I, and I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is in the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you will eat or what you shall drink, nor have, any, or nor have an anxious mind. For all of these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your, go- it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have, give alms, Provide yourselves money bags which will not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fall, where nor, nor nor thief approaches, nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's a lot to unpack in the passage that we have just read, but the first thing in, in keeping the main thing the main thing. Now obviously, what is the main thing in this passage? What is Jesus saying the main thing is? What verse? Verse 31. He tells you don't do a lot. He tells you don't do a few things, but there's one thing that he does tell you to do, and that's to seek the kingdom of God. Okay, that's the main thing. There's some things that we need to understand when it comes to keeping the main thing the main thing. The first thing I want us to see here in this passage is that Jesus says, Do not worry. Do not worry. Then he said to his disciples, verse 22 Therefore I say unto you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat, nor the body, what you shall put on it. The thing about which he's, he is telling us to not worry is don't worry about the food to sustain your life, and don't worry about the clothing that goes on your body to protect it. He says, life is so much more than food, the body is so much more than clothing. He's not saying that food and clothing are not important. No, as a matter of fact, God says that in verse 30, 30, that God knows you need those things. Those are things that are necessary for the survival of your life. But he's saying here, do not worry about that. I don't want you to worry about your life in what you are going to eat. Don't worry about your body in that what you will put on it. Life and the body are important, but there's so much more than food and the clothing. He's saying life is so much more important than the food that goes in it. And let me ask you, what's more important, a steak to eat or your life? Your life is more important. What's more important, the clothing that you put on your body or your body itself? Your body is more important. But Jesus is saying that, yes, life and your body are important, but don't worry about the food that you eat Or the clothing that goes on your body. Life is so much more than that. Now, what Jesus does here is that, in explaining what he is talking about here, is he kind of reduces things down to the ridiculous? Okay, he kind of makes a he he makes a story, and then the story itself kind of makes the makes the thought about something not happening kind of ridiculous in that. So what he says is, like, I don't want you to worry about the food that goes in your mouth or the clothing that goes on your body. Consider this for a moment. Consider the ravens. Consider these birds, for they don't sow nor reap, which have neither a storehouse nor barn. And what does God do? He feeds them, right? Verse 24 is where we are. He feeds them. They don't do anything, but God feeds them. He goes, of how much more value are you than the birds? And then we're talking about two ends of the spectrum here. We're talking about ravens versus human life. And Jesus says, you are so much more valuable than the ravens. You think that God considers and and daily feeds the ravens and he doesn't have concern for what you will put in your body to sustain your life or for what you will put on your body in order to protect it? It's ridiculous to think that God is not concerned with this. God feeds the birds, and you are so much more valuable than the birds. And then he makes another illustration in verse 27. He says, "'Consider the lilies and how they grow. "'They neither spin nor toil. "'But I say unto you that Solomon in his glory "'was not arrayed like one of these. "'If then God so clothes the grass.'" That is, today in the field and tomorrow will be thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Does God put a greater value on grass or human life? Obviously, human life. You can see the ridiculousness in the, uh, in the comparison here. Does God care more about the life of ravens or the life of his children? The life of his children. And what we're seeing here is that God is saying to his disciples, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life as far as what you will eat. Don't worry about your body as far as what you will put on it. God feeds even the ravens, and God even clothes the grass. Oh, you of little faith. So don't worry. What Jesus is saying here is there are more important things for you to worry about than the food in your body and the clothing, that goes, or the, the clothing that goes on your body and the food that you eat. Life is more than that. So therefore, he needs you to focus on something even greater, which we will get to very soon. But of how much more value are the birds? But he goes on to kind of expound on what worry is. How many of you are worriers? I oh, have some worriers, Yes. Yeah, we tend to worry about things but Jesus is very plainly saying don't worry and I don't want to be offensive in saying it's because we have some worriers here, maybe some people who struggle with anxiety and what I'm going to say I'm not so naive to say this, it's just going to fix those, those types of, those, those behaviors I'm not doing that, but Jesus says don't worry about that because worry is absolutely useless would you agree? yeah Worry does nothing. He says, and which one of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Absolutely not. It's not going to happen. He says, if you can't do the least, then why are you anxious for the rest? Worry doesn't accomplish anything. There's many things that we that we come across in our lives that cause us to worry. Even if we don't have food on our plate, worry will not put food on your plate. If you don't have the money to pay your bills, worry does not put money in the bank to pay your bills. If your marriage is on the rocks, worry does not initiate healing in that marriage. If you've just lost your job and you need, a, you need employment, worry is not going to get you another job. Worry will not add anything to your stature. He's saying do not worry. God himself is feeding the ravens. You're so much more valuable than they are. God clothes the grass. Of how much more would God clothe you than he would clothe the grass? Do not worry. Now, when it comes to the child of God, worrying about things that he cannot control, worrying about things that cannot cannot accomplish anything that we tend to worry about, the thing about it is, is whenever you start to worry about something, your focus goes on that which you are worried, and you're no longer keeping the main thing, the main thing. We see how that goes? And Jesus says, "Don't worry. Don't worry about your life as far as what you will eat. Don't worry about your body as far as what you will put on it." He says, "Do not worry. And the second do not that we see here in verse twenty nine, he says, "Do not seek what you should eat and what you should drink." First he says, "Don't worry about it." Now he says, "Don't seek after that." Don't seek after the food and the drink. Not and he's it's almost and our eyes are kind of going big here. What do you mean? Don't worry, don't worry about it, and don't seek after food or drink. I need this in order to survive. But remember, we can call our attention back to the second part of verse 30. What does he say? God knows you need those things. And you do not seek what you should eat or nor drink, and nor have an anxious mind about those things. It says, for all of these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. God knows that you need them, one we don't need to worry about because God knows that you need it. We don't need to seek after it because God is going, because God knows that you need it. But do not seek it and do not have a, and have an anxious mind about that. Now how many of you just have thought of that brings you anxiety? I mean, really think about it. I mean, honestly, yeah, all right, I'm not supposed to worry about it, I'm not supposed to seek after it. So all of a sudden I guess, so I guess all the food and the money to pay the bills, it's all just going to come rolling in, right? Because God's going to provide. So I just have to sit down and do nothing, and then God provides. Is that the way this works? No. I think some of you are thinking that's where I'm going, okay? But no, that's not the way this works. But your Father knows that you need these things, and these things that he even provides for the grass and the birds. And if God provides these things for the birds and the grass, of how much more value are you than the birds and the grass? One is, is can God provide? Absolutely. How he provides is another question. So, So far we've got do not worry, and we've got do not seek. So we've got a couple of do nots here when it comes to keeping the main thing, the main thing. And now he gets to the main thing, which is to do what? Seek the kingdom of God. To seek the kingdom of God. Do not worry and do not seek after the things of this world, but seek first the kingdom of God. And then what's the result of this? What's the result? And all of these things that we're worried about, these things that we have an anxious mind about, these things that we are seeking above everything else in this world, even putting God's kingdom aside to seek for, he says, if you will seek my kingdom And in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, it says, if you will seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, all of these things will be added unto you. So there's a reason why we don't need to worry when we're seeking the kingdom of God. And we don't need to seek out the things of this world as far as food and clothing when we're doing what? Seeking first the kingdom of God. I believe in in seeking the kingdom of God, it brings about about different um, um, aspects to our life. I believe seeking the kingdom of God will also bring us into a way to provide food and clothing for ourselves and our families as well. But our number one priority is not to seek after the things of the world. Our number one priority is not to seek after food and clothing. It is to seek the kingdom of God first and above all things. And these things will be added unto you. It's about a life of priorities here. What are we seeking first? Now, when Jesus is saying, do not worry and do not seek after, he's not pampering his followers here. He's not encouraging laziness on their part. Because we understand that God doesn't put up with laziness, nor does he put up with lack of planning. It's okay to plan for your future, and you should. It's okay to have a, um, to have a job to provide for your needs. I would assume that, 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 that God uses that in order to give you a way to provide yourself food but in the pursuit of a job and in pursuit of a retirement or in doing what is biblically to leave an inheritance to your children's children. If you are accomplishing that by not seeking the kingdom of God first and above all things, then our priorities are out of order. It's about keeping the main thing the main thing. So Jesus, he planned ahead. We we can read about that in John chapter 12 and verse 6 as an example when he does that. Jesus also preached industriousness to work very hard and to work very energetically in Luke chapter 16 and verse 8 and the surrounding scriptures there. He's not not encouraging laziness at all. He's encouraging his followers to seek the kingdom of God first above all things. And when we do that, everything else will fall into line. Our priorities will line up properly. And Jesus says that whenever you put the kingdom of God first... When you're seeking the kingdom and you're not seeking the things of this world, that all of these things that God knows that you need, the things that he provides for the birds and the grass of the field, these things will be added unto you. Just seek my kingdom first and above all things. And in everything we do, we should seek to honor and glorify God and to grow his kingdom. So the result of seeking God's kingdom is these things that we tend to worry about, the things we tend to have an anxious mind about, will be added unto you. Now just the thought of not worrying, just the thought of not seeking after those things, as we have um, demonstrated, that kind of gives me anxiety to tell me I should not have anxiety about that. And Jesus understands that. Jesus understands that we tend to live by sight, but he calls us to live by faith. He understands that we like to see things physically and to see the results that are going to happen almost immediately whenever we go through them. And he understands it's a fearful thing for us to step out in faith and to seek his kingdom first and to put the, put the things of the world to the side or at least shift them down one slot to make, make our priority about seeking God and seeking his kingdom. He understands that sometimes that can be very fearful for us. So what does he tell us in verse 32? Don't fear. Don't fear. What I'm telling you, there's no reason to fear. There's no reason to worry. There's no reason to seek after the things that give you anxiety. There's no reason to do any of that when you seek first the kingdom of God. Do not fear, little flock. For it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He says, when we seek first the kingdom of God, all of these things will be added unto us. Do not fear, little flock, for it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom and to provide for his children. God has promised this to those who seek his kingdom first. Notice there is a promise here, but there is a condition to meet. The condition to meet is to seek first the kingdom. The promise is that these things will be added unto you. And and he encourages you, don't be afraid because it's God's good pleasure to give it to you. He gives God pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. We you go back in verse 21. It says, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God is the fool. He's telling us, don't be afraid. It's God's good pleasure to give you his riches, to give you riches the kingdom of God. So my question is here is this. How many of y'all have ever played the game, Would You Rather? I know these young people I have, right? How many of y'all have heard of the game, Would You Rather? Okay, good. So say, would you rather this, or would you rather that, and then you kind of, you make, you make the distinction. So we'll play that game here very, very quickly. Would you rather spend your life's blood in building your kingdom that is temporary, and that whenever your soul is required of you, it will be gone. Would you rather build your own kingdom or would you rather place yourself in the position and seek God's kingdom and allow him to give you his, which is eternal? Which one's better? Which would you rather? <laughs> which would you rather have? Build it on your own or seek God's kingdom and, and, and experience his good pleasure towards you as he gives you the kingdom? And please understand, when I say God gives you the kingdom, this is not a promise of riches and wealth in this world. Life is so much more than the things that you possess in this world. It's not about the things of this world. If you can gain the things of this world with wealth, health, and prosperity, praise God for it, but it better be with the proper priorities of seeking the kingdom of God first above all things, and then he adds these things to you. Honor God with your lives and seek the kingdom. I would rather seek the kingdom of God and allow him to give me his kingdom. Because what God offers, the riches in Christ, the heavenly rewards, the things that come from God, the things that come as a result from seeking the kingdom of God, are those things that are pure, undefiled, and will last forever and ever and ever. When this body dies, they will be waiting for me in eternity. And those are the things that I need to call my treasures. Those are the things that I need to be seeking in this life. Because this life, there's so much more than what we see in this world. So we are seeking the kingdom of God and not doubting God's care and provision in this. Do not fear. Now he goes on to say this. Now, before we go there, there's a couple things that I want us to really consider. You know, why, why do we, whenever we look at the Word of God, we say we're believers in what the Bible truly says and truly teaches. And I do believe that if we seek the kingdom of God, all of these things will be added unto us in the realm of God's will and His perfect will and His, his will and purpose in our lives. And it may not look the same for everyone, but He does promise that these things, at least as far as the food and clothing go, to be added unto you. And I don't think it's so much that we don't believe that God can and will provide. So that we believe that God is lying to us here, but I believe it comes from a, maybe a, a, an attitude or a perspective that what God is going to provide is not good enough for me. Maybe it's not better than what I can get if I seek this at least first. And sometimes we may even have good intentions to seek that for a while and then once we gain it, then we will put God first. I'm telling you, what God has to offer—His riches and glory—is going to is going to blow away anything that we can gain in this wor- in this world, and is going to be worth every single sacrifice that we need to make in order to seek the kingdom of God for His honor and His glory. He goes on to even illustrate this further in verse 33, and we'll close with this. He says, Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's almost like saying, look, if you will seek my kingdom first and trust me with providing your needs, you even have the ability, you have the freedom to sell everything that you have and give alms and then pick up money bags that will not grow old and store treasures in heaven where they cannot be destroyed, where they will last forever, and they'll be waiting for you when you get there. Would you rather? <laughs> yes. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also as our musicians come forward. Next week, we'll continue where we are next week. The question I need us to ask ourselves, you know, have we set godly priorities for our lives? Are we directing our lives by godly goals that will challenge us to grow spiritually and grow our minds and strengthen us in in the ability to serve Christ efficiently, and with longevity? Are we keeping the main thing the main thing? Well, it's a very easy answer to that. You can ask yourself the question, am I seeking the kingdom of God first above all things, or do I find myself seeking the things of this world? Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that you are a God that knows your people, you know your creation, you know our needs. Father, you have promised provisions for your people. That their needs will be met, Father, but Father, we are called to seek first the kingdom of God into your righteousness. And Father, we need to understand that there's anything that is in our way that's keeping us from serving you. In seeking your kingdom first. Father, we need to call it what it is. It's an idol in our lives. It needs to be offered up. And Father, we thank you so much that you are a gracious God, that when we cry out for repentance and faith and towards you, that you can restore, you can save, you can bring us to a right relationship and put us back in the direction.